Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. I am your host, your groove mistress, and your cruise director, Madam Perry. But you can call me Jennifer, Jan, JP, Perry. I'm just happy to be here and happy you are. We have been having so much fun. And by the way, thanks to everyone who has been subscribing to the podcast and following on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, um, Stitcher, Apple, thank you all so much. And for the nice reviews that people have le- have left, I appreciate all of that. It helps, especially when you share things on social media. I am so grateful. And we've had so, well, we always have good guests. I've never had a guest that wasn't a winner. But things just get more and more fun all the time. Was it recently we had a Grammy Award-winning saxophonist Dave Koz? What? Uh, guy, not only extremely talented, but a sweetheart. Um, we had Arden Marine, actress, comedian from the TV show on Netflix, Insatiable. She plays Regina Sinclair. That was fun. Last week, we had uh, Vivian Boucherat. She is an artist, a mixed media artist, and a singer and musician. Uh, and she has a new book called Know You're Crazy. It's mostly art, but it's for women to understand your myths. Y-O-U-R, Know Our Own Kinds of Crazy. Uh, It's a fantastic book. It's the kind of book that once you read it, you'll want to give it to your girlfriend. Or maybe to your friend that doesn't, your male friend that doesn't understand women just to help him out. That would be good, too. And her husband, Chris White, who was one of the original lineup of the band The Zombies, uh, is going to be on soon, too. His project is a Chris White experience, but Chris White will be here um, Probably in a couple of weeks. We've also got Dr. Sheena Howard, who, she, among other things, she wrote the book The Encyclopedia of Black Comics or Black Comic Artist. Uh, and she also wrote a book, at, or excuse me, wrote, contributed and edited, there's several writers in it, called Why Wakanda Matters. And she'll be here in a couple of weeks. And I am so psyched about all, everyone coming up. Now, Today is a band, we've got a band on the show, I guess. I am absolutely nuts over this band. I love them. They're great. uh, They're in Liverpool, and you know good musicians come out of Liverpool. But I love their music so much and love them that I am thrilled to have them on. So i got two of the guys on here today, all the way from the U.K. to Madame Perry Salon. So I want to welcome... Joe Symes and Colin White of Joe Symes and the Loving Kind. Hi, guys. Hello. How you doing? How, how's everything? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, everything's pretty good considering what's been going on. Um, obviously, you know, we haven't, we haven't been able to gig recently, and um, obviously we're just waiting to get back in the studio when it reopens again because of uh, all of the... Um, lockdown restrictions but obviously in the meantime 
Um, we've still been very, very busy online. Um, everything online has been going great. Uh, magazine interviews, radio play, radio sessions, obviously like this one now. Um, and there's obviously more to come as well. So all, all online uh, activity has basically been, um, well, you know, basically you know, keeping, keeping us busy at the moment. So, you know, the, the thing, things haven't been too bad. It, it, it could be a lot worse. So, so things have been okay so far, but we're just really itching now to get back out there to play and to uh, finish off our new EP. You know, I mentioned earlier that uh, actress Arden Marine was on a few weeks ago, and she has a book about her life growing up uh, called Little Miss Little Compton, because that's where she grew up, Little Compton, Rhode Island. And she was talking about going into theater and the arts and, and comedy, about how to learn when you seem to hit a dead end or a roadblock. She called it, you got to know how to pivot, you know, don't go backwards, don't still, don't stand still, make it, make something work for you. But I'm finding so many artists like yourself are making it work. Even though there's a lockdown, even though things are very, very different, you're not standing still. You're still gigging, but you're still making it work with interviews on, on uh, in magazines. I've seen press, uh, print broadcasts, all kind of media you're getting in. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and we're saying, as you say, because of the lockdown and stuff and restrictions and all that, we're still being busy online and we'll continue to do so until the lockdown and restrictions are being lifted. Then we can get back into the years for me and get back into the studio and finish our new four track EP, which is very different from the last stuff we've done. Very, very catchy indeed. Well, let me start just a little bit for people, and you guys have, have gotten so popular, and I'm so thrilled to have you here for this, to talk with you, but I want to go for anybody that you may be new to, kind of start from the beginning um, of your career. How long have you been together? Um, it's, 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 it feels a lot longer than what, what, what it actually is. Um, <laughs> when we started, we started the band. We had problems with band members. So basically the first our first debut album, the main musicians on that is mainly me and Colin. Now we had so called band members at the time, but we really weren't committed. I mean, if you listen to the album, um, for me personally, because I love the songs and Colin doing concerts and all of his parts as well. All the pre-production work was like, was a, basically like, I just would be up till like five or six in the morning work, working on the songs and pre-production and going to the studio. So, you know, we've had two uh, lineup changes. So, I mean, basically, the first album is, you know, it's, it's, it's the band, but it's mainly me and Colin. So really, I mean, like, phase two, which we put out in 2018, we actually confirm that as the official lineup because mm-hmm. that was the longest of the lineup that we had. And so I think I mean we've had a question now officially we've been going for two two three and a half, four years now. Well I've played uh, I've played your music often on this show for ever since I met you guys, which is a couple of years ago I think, on social media, on Facebook. Yeah. And I gotta say, out of every 
every album, every EP of yours, uh, there's never, ever a clunker in the bunch. Every song is quality. Every song is fun. And every song is one that you'll want to play over and over. I want to read something some uh, for the listeners, some a couple of reviews or excerpts from different uh, magazines or review because I like your songs because they make me feel whether it's a good song, a rocking song, a happy song, or even if it's an emotional song, it makes me feel it makes, and it relates. And I think that's one of the things that people like best that they can relate to your music. Uh, just to read a few, as I was saying, a few excerpts from uh, press quotes, uh, Jammer Zine magazine said, this is a lesson in songwriting. That's pretty good. Um, there was uh, they also said, take note if you're thinking of starting a band or wanting to get your music heard. This is how it's done. Um, XR Volume said about your music, no one can write heartbreak with a smile like this UK group. And uh, Australia Magazine, Pipe Culture, uh, excuse me, Pop Culture Pipe Bomb said, everything they do is impeccable. Um, that's a that's some pretty good quotes. And I also wanted to say for people, too, and I've mentioned this when I play your music, but early on, you guys were already starting to hit it uh, out of the park with, with some major attention. Uh, tell us about your relationship or working with Noel Gallagher and High Flying Birds and, and the connection there. Well, well we, we, we didn't exactly work with them. Um, on two separate occasions, uh, we actually um, headlined um, his after-show party, which was in the O2 Academy. Uh, that was the, uh, on the main stage of the O2 Academy 1, which is in Liverpool, a great venue. Um, and I think it was one of our earliest gigs as a, as a band, it must be like our second gig as a full band, uh, we headlined his, his first after-show party. And, uh, you know, the, the turnout was amazing. Obviously, we were the headlining band, um, and, and that was also a, a good start. And obviously, after, after a while, uh, while we were working on uh, the, the, the second album a few months before it was released, uh, we, uh, we we got asked to headline it again. And obviously, that that was as as we are now. Um, so, so basically, you know, they're just really nice. Um, they're just like you know, good good two two great gigs that we've added to our. Um, our kind of list of like gigs to be done. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a hell of a lot of gigs there to be added to as well. And all. I mean, some of our favourites um, was uh, we headlined. Sorry, we supported a band called the Christians. Um, that was in a, a big theatre in uh, Shrewsbury, which is it's, which is in uh, in England. And um, the funny thing was, obviously, because we were the only support band. Um, um, on that night, uh, we actually done, done, did, did the gig uh, acoustically. We kind of done a, a type of MTV unplugged um, setup, which was, which was really good, which, which kind of uh, showed our acoustic um, versatility, which uh, which which we we, we like to do uh, quite a lot. Uh, and and there's, there's been other ones as well. Uh, we we supported uh, a band called Republica, a '90s band, uh, and that was for an event called the Rock and Roll Marathon. Which uh, well, which usually gets held uh, every every year. I, th- I, th- I think the only one in in, um, in the UK is actually in Liverpool. All the other rock and roll marathon events are actually I think in in mainland Europe and in America and Canada. So obviously we um, we, we were like the, um, 
one of the main supports for, for them as well. And, all. and, and you know, we've, we've, there's a lot of great headlining gigs. We've done what, 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 one of our favourite um, gigs that we headlined um, was a, a theatre in Brecon in, in, in Wales. Um, we, um, we did a gig in, in the theatre there, and like that, that turnout was, it was amazing. The venue was incredible. Um, so it's basically, you know, there, there, there is a, you know, obviously the, the, the two no Gallagher after show parties, they're, you know, they're, they're obviously up there as some, some of our favourites, but also that's they're two out of many, many, many other favourites um, as well. So, you know, we, we always take pride in the fact that, you know, um, obviously, you know, going back to, um, you know, some of those quotes that, that you read out, you know, it, you know it's, it's nice to, to, to it's nice to know that, um, you know, obviously these from magazines from all around the world, and I've actually said these things about ourselves as a band, and, you know, Joe's a songwriter, um, and so on. I mean, actually, recently, uh, you might have seen, but uh, uh, um, a friend of ours who's based in Ohio, he purchased our, um, our second album, Phase 2, recently, and he was kind enough to actually, um, off, off his own back, he basically um, done a Facebook post where he said he, he purchased the album, and it, well, he actually quoted as saying, um, Basically, the band was, um, and I quote, was one of the best, most dynamic and creative rock groups of modern times, which um, we, we found very, very complimentary, you know, and, you know, we took great pride in the fact that, um, obviously, that, that's another um, sort of positive quote made by someone, and that, that someone doesn't work for a magazine or anything, that's from a person who, by chance, has, has bought um, has, has bought our music over the past few years. So we, we've been very, very... Um, you know, it's 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 been there's a lot of great compliments being been going on. So I think if, if if people are saying that, then obviously you know we're we're on the right track and you know we're, we're doing everything right. So um, I think one way that continue. I think when you read the band website and the biography, we've mm-hmm. done a lot of high profile gigs. Uh, yeah. They seem to be all out, you know, which is we don't mind talking lots at all. We've got a. Magazine interview which was just done in America, and the last people that they interviewed was George Clooney, Quentin um, <laughs> Tarantino, Tarantino. Uh, else, and so you know it's a lot of Hollywood. It's a lot of Hollywood. That will go up on our social media pages. So we've got like a good CV, so to speak, if you look at what we've, what we've been doing and stuff. And we finished a two and a half year tour in 2019. We did some time out. And just as we're about to gig in 2020, and gigs have been confirmed, we've been told for lockdown. So I think over the last year, it's been pretty bad for everyone in the industry, as well as people personally and mentally. I think it's you know, been bad for a lot of people. But, you know, let's hope we come out of this all smile and, and enjoy life again and renew it. But then we can get back out and start playing and release more new music and stuff. And we're very grateful for all the compliments and magazines around the world have said about us and the interviews and stuff and all that. And we take pride in that. And we just do what we do and continue to put out the music. And that's it. You know, I think I saw um, a comment from uh, maybe on your Facebook page from someone uh, in Ohio. So I may have seen the one you're talking about Uh Colin, but um, while you're on here, yeah, let's talk about your music. When you guys, I'm sure, you know, like everybody, like every musician or all of us that try to play, uh, you always start off, I think, imitating or, or learning the songs of the people that you like most, that admire you, and 
obviously that that you admire and um, that become an influence. So I know this. Everybody asked this, but but what was that for you? Who were your influences? It varies a lot of bands. I mean, for me, it's the Beatles first and foremost. But mm-hmm. then I can go to stuff like Motown, or I can go to um, Ben Bacharach, Blue Reed, Velvet Underground, Sex Pistols, Buzzcox, um, Early Genesis, mm-hmm. Gabriel, Marvin Gaye, Dan Ross. The list is absolutely endless. And it all kinds, there's all kinds of influence by the Film composition as well, you know, in Monaco. And there's all kinds. It, it's, it's, it's a process that, like, you know, you go through as, like, you know, when you're starting out and you sort mm-hmm. of you try to maybe model yourself on someone, but then you become, like, mature as a band in the way you think and represent yourself. And as a writer, you start to see things that, you know, you don't do that anymore, you do that and stuff. So, Very, very up tempo. Um, 
and, and, and obviously, you know, again, like Joe said, you know, the, the last thing you want to do is kind of like, you know, release a single that's already on something that someone's already bought. We wouldn't want to do that mm-hmm. because then you've got it twice. And what's the point in that? Each release is its own thing. And um, mm-hmm. obviously that's our thing. It's, it's a thing that bands did many years ago. And I'm sure that there are other bands who do it as well. Obviously, I, I don't know about that. I can't speak for um, for um, any other bands. Um, but the thing is, um, that's our thing. And um, look, what, what, you know, if, 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 if we if we have brought, brought that kind of idea back, then um, that's another thing that I think we're quite proud of. But obviously, I'm sure there are other bands who've done it. But um, I, I I don't know anyone who actually has done it. So if, if, if any other band has done it, then please tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, what you were talking about earlier, Joe, about the difference, the the wide variety of influences and things that you like. You know, I tend to find, you know, a lot of people, a lot of us have different things that we've listened to. Maybe our parents were what they listened to. Because um, I know people are surprised that sometimes it's like, like one of, another one of my favorites, Todd Rundgren. He grew up on show tunes and loves them and kind of puts them into some of his shows. And uh, with me, my dad loved country. My mo- my mom was a rocker, so I listened to both. But I noticed, though, with uh, people, uh, British people, and I learned this just from watching things on TV, um, reading books about music history by Paulo Hewitt and John Hellier about the history of music in Britain. Um, and I've lately been watching, been caught up in watching a lot of Northern Soul uh, dance videos on YouTube. That um, there's such a wide variety of influences you have right in the country. So whether it's the Northern Soul, which I understood from uh, I think from John Hellier or Paul Hewitt's book, that it was records brought over from the U.S. that the U.S. didn't listen to. You know that we just kind of threw them out like eh, and then they took them over there. And they were hits or ska, skiffle, all kind of different things that you listen to. You just sort of like take it, make it into a fabulous uh, stew each time. You know, each one's very, very uh, specific and energizing. It's like like lots of jewels in there. Um, I also wanted to ask you, who does most of the songwriting? Hey, well, the principal songwriter in the band is Joe. Joe, um um, he, 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 he writes the songs, and, and the, basically the process is, um, it's, it's always been this way, but um, Joe will write a song, and he'll finish it from start, and he'll, he'll play it to me, or he'll play it to Alan, our baseball, both of us, um, from start to finish, and go, here's a new song, and we'll go, okay, and then we'll take it on board, and take it into the year, so we'll you know, listen over to it, and you know, kind of, you know, learn it, and you know, get the structure so we know we know what's going on. Basically, it, 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 the process is, it's, it's like when he shows a song, it's like a preliminary sketch that an artist will do. The, pic, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the image is there, but obviously it, it, it's just like, it's like an, um, a pencil sketch. So the case of basically, you know, in, in, in that form on acoustic guitar, the way he will show us, we'll take that and then we'll put our colors on, we'll put our shades on. So if it's like a paint myself, you know, a countryside or something like that, you know, we'll we'll, we'll call it in like you know, the, the, you know, the green of the glass and the blue of the sky and the the, the, the white or grey of the clouds and and obviously you know that'll be obviously you know the, the, the way the drums will go and the way the bass will go and all the guitar part and, and also you know and, and it doesn't matter if anyone's got a suggestion if someone, if Joe's got an idea, a drum suggestion I won't like you know put my nose and say you can't say that to me I'm the drummer I must make all the drum decisions you know it, it doesn't you know it doesn't work that way you know it, 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 if he has an idea and it works. 
then I'll take that on board. If I have an idea for like, you know, a base idea, you know, I'll take that on board. And if it's if it works, then it'll get it'll get done. Or if you've got an idea for a backing vocal idea, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter who can suggest something. If it's if it's a good idea, it will get used. I mean, I think that's the way the Beatles worked. You know, you know, there's many you know stories about you know, say, doing in the studio and say John Lennon might have had an idea for like you know a drum fill to, to, to Ringo or Paul might have, or Paul McCartney might have had an idea or George might have had an idea for the bass parts. That Paul McCartney would have played. So again, it, it doesn't matter, you know, who who has the idea. As long as if it works, it'll get it'll get you. So basically, you know, there's no ego. There's there's no ego when it comes to um, you know, suggesting ideas or maybe you know giving somebody else an, an idea or a suggestion. If it works, and serves the song. That's all that matters because the, 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 the worst thing I think that any musician can do is play for themselves. And basically, just be like, and then you know, they're playing or they're part of the song becomes self-indulgent, and if, and if okay. it gets that bad, then you know, it, 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 it ruins the song, and basically, it just makes that person a bad musician. So basically, you know, everyone saves the song and they play for the song because if it didn't go that way, it wouldn't work. So that's that's our philosophy on that one. I mean, if you listen to the first date of album, and so the songs are written. It was just me and Colin. So I, when I was writing the songs, I would be putting the parts on on my phone as well, along with it. You've got a, a, for instance, there's a song on the first album called Fine Line, which mm-hmm. is very up-tempo, like the case and stuff, you know. And there's a brass section in the middle of it, and I actually mimic the brass section, what it should go like, whilst playing the guitar into my phone. It's, it's, you know, all the guitar parts on the first album, I, I wrote them all. I wrote all the bass lines. Mm. Yeah, we had the keyboard player that was playing for us. Um, I wrote the good few bits of the keyboard, because I'm not an amazing keyboard player, but I can write keyboard parts. But because he was a bit more advanced, he could take it to another place, which was great. And there's a song that I call Love is the Reason, which is, you know, a bit very, very Beatles influenced. I have to... I had 20 minutes in which to like <laughs> a three piece, a trio, a cello, a cello and a, a little bit of violin. 20 minutes in order to get them to play, get it down before they have to leave. So there was that as well, stuff from just tracks on the first time, where they belong, and where there's your window. They they were done before we even all this abandoned And that's just me and Colin playing everything on it. Colin plays some some percussion. I play all the pianos, all the, the hammer, the guitar parts, the lock, the bass lines on it. And I played all the bass lines on the rest of the sax on the first album and also all the guitar things. You know. So basically the album is mainly me and home. I go for all the parts. And that's the way it can work like that. They can come with a song from scratch and yeah, there we go, go jump on it. But also a lot of suggestions can be brought in for it as well. We've got other songs there which are very, very... But we haven't even released, like, you know, very, even more like Bert Bacharach and Carol King. We've got mm-hmm. stuff like that. We've got Motown stuff as well, which we haven't even released. We've got all there in demo form. So there's so many different styles. It's, you know, you take your pick and, you know, we don't like to be stuck in a box and play it safe. Listen, you don't need to stay like that. You're just going to be, it's going to be more of the same, you know, so... That's mm-hmm. when say that as to what the first album, because I, I played all the instruments on them, but I had a few keyboards. 
Yeah. 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 I think the funny thing is about the first and second album is mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, obviously there was a lot of pre-production for both albums, but I think obviously, as Joe said then, obviously on the first album there was like some songs that had some horns and some strings on, on other things. I think the second album, even though obviously the, there was a lot of pre-production making the second album, uh, well, which is the latest one, uh, I think it was a little bit more straightforward in comparison because the second album, and even, and even with this this uh, new EP that, that we're going to be releasing later this year, um, that's basically mainly just drums, bass, and guitars with a, a little, you know, a, a couple of keyboard bits here and there, but not too much. So, yet yeah, the, the second album was a little bit more straightforward, I'd say, um, just for the three, for the for the, uh, for the three of us. It wasn't a second album in terms of putting the vocals down. I done the whole of the album in one session, the vocals all the tracks in one go, which I was very, very pleased with. So it wasn't like, I'll oh, come back and do vocals on second day. They were all done within one day, the vocals, right off. Mm-hmm. And what you hear is what like, I've done right off. It's empowered. I'm going to say uh, just a moment that for a lot of my listeners listen in their car or when they're jogging or working out. So I want to say that if you're looking for it, um, where to find Joe Symes and the Loving Kind on social media or if you want to buy their music from their website, the website is Joe, J-O-E, Symes, S-Y-M-E-S, and the lovingkind.co.uk, just like it sounds. But I will be sharing all of their social media links on all of my social media links, whether it's from Madam Perry Salon or my personal Jennifer Perry social media so i'll be sharing it there so if you can't write it down now you'll get it later you can follow them on twitter facebook youtube soundcloud reverb nation instagram uh they are everywhere so i'll definitely share that guys um i got a few more really important questions to ask you but how would you feel if we just took a little break right now yes it's fine and i want to play a song this is one this is great. I want to play the song "Where Do We Go From Here," and that'll give you guys about th- yeah. about three and a half minutes to get a glass of water or whatever you need, and we'll be right back. So this is "Where Do We Go From Here."
love that song so much. It rocks. It could tear up a dance floor with that song. I, you don't know how many times I've listened to it. It's a good thing that things are digital because you can, if it was vinyl, it'd be worn out by now. Um, that is a great song. Thank you. Thank you. Where do we go? Um, so, guys, I wanted to catch you on some things. Um, a few more things while I've still got you. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm just going to give you a list of things that I wanted to talk about, and you just pick them out and, and go where you want to do. Now, um, for people to know, you've, yes, you've played some very, very high-profile gigs and with festivals and supporting gigs. You've also heard that some of your music uh, has been played during halftime at Liverpool football games. Uh, you were on, some of your songs were included in a charity compilation put together by uh, David, I think it's Quafis. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And Dave Quaif. Quaif, okay, Dave Quaif. And um, yeah. that was a pretty... There's some pretty big names on there, too. Yeah. And, and how that came about was Dave, Dave, Dave Quaif. Quaif, and yeah. He's brother of the late uh, Pete Quaif, who was based around the Kinks. Oh, and yeah. And we got asked, would we do two tracks for the, uh, the album to support that? that was it Dialysis? Dialysis. Uh, you know, which is... Really, not a nice thing to have. And we said, yeah, and you know, all proceeds from the sales of that album, you know, they can go to support it. But you know, the, the copyrighters stole my copyright and stuff, my songs and that. <laughs> and yeah, there's a few big names on there. There's Paul Wells on there. There's Roger McGlynn. Yeah, Paul. Paul yeah, Weller, Robert Ocean Scott. Color Scene, which is. Yeah, Steve Craddock from the Scottish scene. He was one of the players as well. Yeah, Steve Craddock. There's a good few on there, you know, high profile CD. So we were part of that as well. We're the only band on it that got two songs on it. Now, you guys have also gotten some. um, Now, I was watching earlier, I was watching a a podcast or an interview with Colin, and it was the. I forget the lady's name that interviewed. It's the Wolf Fair. It was done in December. Yeah, uh, a late in Texas. A, Texas lady, yeah. And uh, listen yeah, to you say you guys have you've gotten some celebrity fans. Uh, just to just to throw out a few. Let me just drop a few names like um, Michael Keaton, Matthew Modine, Michael Chiklis. Yeah, Michael Chiklis. So tell me about that before you guys get too famous to talk to me anymore. No, 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 we always talk to you. We don't talk to anyone. And everybody else. We don't talk to the cat that's on the street, you know. We talk to animals. Basically, basically, so we got told, this, this, this was with the first album, somebody told us apparently, in Massive Space in, in America, in Syria. Yeah, uh, I think it was, uh, I'm sure it was someone from Ed Matters Radio, uh, I think it was either Monica or Ken, so, 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 I think it was a long time ago, but I think, it was, I think either they or somebody else said that basically um, someone like Matthew Modine had our album or someone told them, I think it was one of the guests on that said that they passed on the, the album um, to them, I think it was something like that, but apparently Matthew Modine 
uh, had our first album, so we could like a key edit as well. We've got somebody else who said that. Um, but in regards to the the, late, the latest album, um, basically uh, we, we, uh, during well during the early part of the lockdown last year, uh, a few celebrities did do some endorsement videos. Obviously, Michael Shiflett, um, um he, he's an actor and musician. Um, he was mm. in, he was in a film called Killing Kennedy. Uh, with Bill mm-hmm. Romulo, he was also in Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, we met him on uh, the In Masters Radio show with uh, with our good friends um, Monica and Ken and Kerry. Um, that's where we met him. He was a fellow guest, uh, and and basically, you know, he, he said a lot of great things about um, about the album. He, he, uh, we, we actually uh, he's, a, he's actually very good friends with Kenny Rogers, and we, we actually requested um, or, or we or we asked them to, if, if Kenny would maybe want to do a little like sort of like you know endorsement for the uh, the album itself but unfortunately before we could, we could actually like, speak to ourselves personally he passed away sadly a few months ago mm-hmm. so unfortunately that I couldn't get done but, but, but there's also been a few um obviously a few UK actors who have done it done it as well um Andy Whittaker who we know he's in a he's in a, a, a sort of a called Emmerdale and he's a musician as well and uh, an actor called John McCardle he's a um, he's a local um Liverpool actor he's been a lot of um dramas that have been in the north of England as well. He, he says a few nice things as well and all. And there'll be a few more coming up as well. Um, but again, you know, I think that's just um, a, a kind of testament to, you know, to like, you know, of what we're doing. The fact that like, even like these people are actually like, you know, publicly, publicly like, you know, um, supporting the band and, and saying very, some, very, some very complimentary things about the band. And uh, I, I get it, it, it just adds to, like, you know, it adds to our confidence, it adds to uh, that kind of, like, you know, that they'll have the, like, we're obviously doing something like them. the music is, is basically, you know, getting getting across to a wide audience and, and appeals to a wide audience as well. So, obviously, you know, with all that, all that stuff, again, we, we can't really complain at all. Mm, yeah, for real. And, you know, um, as an entertainment publicist, you know, I always try to tell clients, especially when my when I'm giving a talk to somebody, you have to be out there, whether you're a musician, artist, author, whatever you do, or any kind of business, you have to be out there. You've got to be out in front of people, big or small, it doesn't matter. All of them are important. Big gig, small gig, everything is important. And you guys, not only... Um, yeah, you've been on you've been on the BBC radio several times I've seen and you're very open. You're you're very like you said, you're social animals. You're very open to people and sharing, uh, whether you're doing a big festival, you know, and I'm sure you're just you treat people just the same if you're on a small gig, you know, everybody that came to see you. Um, as I used to say whenever we had a whenever I was gigging with a band that um I tell them it doesn't matter if there's a few people there or a lot of people, the point is they didn't have to come. They could have stayed home, but they got up, got dressed, spent the gas on the car or the right. subway, and they came to see you. So everyone is important. And I think it's it's not just the talent because you guys are loaded with talent, but you've also got the personality, the attitude, and to and the generosity to go out and treat all your fans the same and everybody that hears you. And I think that's going to add a lot to um, – your continued success. I think, I think it's important. It's important what you do. I mean, every, supporting every local station that supports you, whether it's big or small, whether it's mainstream or whether it's underground, 
playing all the gigs. Mm-hmm. Like, you're playing for like 20 people, or you're playing for two thousand or two hundred. He gives you one hundred or two hundred percent performance because at the end of the day, it's them people there that are buying your music, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that are like you know paying paying for your flat cars or whatever and stuff, or your, your lifestyle and all that. The thing is, you never forget the people who support you from the start, but you'll always remember the ones that didn't support you. And generally, nine times out of ten, it's the ones that didn't support you will be the ones that will come back and want to know you when you've made the <laughs> name for yourself. And you know what I mean? It's like you just turn around and you go, just cut the people that you know, what gig was you at? And they claim to know you. And, you know, it's like, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's sort of like the actors and clothes about these people. Oh, these mm-hmm. are great, they're great, they're great and all that. I mean, like, a lot of jealousy is involved in it as well and stuff. So you remember all the ones who support you, the radio mm-hmm. stations, the magazine interviews, the bloggers who do it from the bedroom, you don't have to do it at all. And, like, you know, you support what you do and stuff. You remember all the people that supported you. Mm-hmm. You remember more so the ones that didn't. That's the truth. You know, the reason I, I, I laughed when you first started saying that was because it, it reminded me of a gig that I had in a, it was a small club, a small local club. But the thing is, there were people there that, you know, came to see us a lot, local people at, at, at almost all of our gigs. And there was a guy that came in that we knew that my husband worked with, but we'd known him a while. And he walks in and he said, do I have to pay? And we said, well, yeah, you got to go around the other side and pay the guy at the door. He goes, well, if I have to pay, I'm not going to stay. And he walked out. And I thought, you know, I might have I might have given him a little latitude. But the thing is, when he asked me that, there was three tables of people next to him that were listening, paid to see us, that had paid yeah. to see us the week before and the week before that. And I sure wasn't going to let him come in for free when these people have been dedicated followers and paid every time. Totally. You know? Totally. And you've got to, you've got to invite to do so. I mean, we, we've got people, a lot of people on, do we know, on Facebook. And I said, well, and you've got tickets in your case. Well, yeah, okay, here's a ticket. Would you have to pay? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, you do have to pay. I'm like, you know, have you got a job yourself? Yeah, I've got a job. Would you like going to work for no money at all? You know, yeah. are you going to live on fresh air? You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, you want to come and see us? You pay for the ticket. Are you want to kind of arm for free? No, because simple fact is, you know, do you want to come to my house and pay my bills? No, it's not, that's not the case. She for some people and all that. And they only want all that. And then, you know, when you think of the majority of success and stuff and all that, as we've got at the moment, people, oh, I know them. They're my mates and they're my mates. And yet they've never been to see them again. They've never mm-hmm. liked posts. Or nothing like that. And you just, young people, you just, you know, you just give them a wide beer. Well, exactly. just leads you at the end of the day. <laughs> That's true. And, and you know, in the situation that, I just that, described, that, uh, if I had said... Yes, to that him. Actually, it would be an insult to the people who had been paying to see us. Yeah, you know, you go back and tell his mates, his friends. Oh, I got to make it for nothing. Well, if they're going for nothing, why are they paying? Why do you pay to get it for nothing? 
No, if, if there's a way I thought, you know, you have to eat. You have to feed on the <laughs> you know, you know, you know, put tax on your car. You know, these people are, are not on this plan. You think, oh yeah, because you know you get it for nothing. Oh, no, you don't. No, you know, it's it just leeches, that's all we are. And I'm telling you, you just don't have any time for What you just said then, Something, something quite similar happened to me a few years ago. I remember uh, meeting up with a friend, and they told me that someone who we both knew said to this friend of mine, "I'm not. I'm not, he said, I'm not going to their day gigs. Did you know? Did 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 did, did charge us for tickets? It's like, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, what are we going to do? Just to, just give all our tickets away for free." I said, you know, I said, you know, when, when, you know, if, if, if in your way, can I, can I have some free things in your, in, in your way? Well, no, we're just aware of that. So, well, there you go. It was, it was a case. And, and this friend told me this, and I, I found it absolutely amazing. This person, because I'm not going to their gigs. They, they charge me for tickets. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, that's the way it works. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't go to. Don't get paid. Don't get paid and we'll but that's all I like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a free ticket and all that, by the way. I have an effort in this. You know yeah. what I mean? Just, nah. Hey, guys, they don't go in the Tesco and say, do I have to pay for this? Of course, you know. Yeah. But do I have to pay for these groceries? Well, I, I, um... You know, we all dislike that we can't get out and play and go places and hear things live and have fun. Um, I mean, you guys, you guys have known me long enough that you know my best friend Kenya. You know her close as yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's she's the best, and as close as we are, I haven't seen her in a year, and she only lives really? about thirty thirty minutes from me because she's. She's being very, she's staying home and she's being very careful about not getting out if she doesn't have to get out. Um, she's very concerned about COVID-19. And so we used to, you know, you know how close we were. We get together, oh, well, we still are, we still get together. We used to get together a lot in person and just, you know, laugh. And now it's just phone or uh, text because she's concerned, I'm concerned. And uh, in fact, she, um but hopefully soon we'll all be out to play and people will get to hear you live. But in the meantime, they can buy your music. They can uh, watch videos. And I hope that you guys just can uh, continue to give us the love like you have been with the videos, music, and talking to us on social media and all the other shows you're doing. I am just uh, I am just so proud of you and so proud to know you. I think you guys are fantastic. And I know there's a million more like me. That's very nice. I'm glad you like the albums as well. Oh, you know I do. So, uh, guys, I'm gonna. I've kept you. I know I've been. I've kept you very long. So, I'm gonna let you go for now. But I hope you'll you'll come back, please. Yeah, we could have stayed on the air for another half an hour and we won't continue up to see you. <laughs> okay, but you'll come back and do the show again? 
I will. And you know what? Actually, uh, she was doing a podcast. She's not now, but she's got another one coming out very soon. Um, you know, for a long okay. time, she played uh, she played your music at the end of every podcast. Oh, okay. That's nice. That's nice yeah, she song. always always played you at the end of every podcast. And uh, I think if you guys will come back, you know, soon, I don't know, next month, I'll have her on as a co-host because she loves yeah. you as much as I do. That'll be fine. We look forward, we look forward to it. Just give us a date and we'll be there. Yeah. And obviously we'll, we'll, we'll definitely call once we know the, uh, the release date of the next DP. Which, 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 you know, it has been delayed due to, to, to obviously, you know, recent circumstances. But obviously, uh, we've only got one more session left to do, so we should be back in the studio maybe maybe next month or the month after. And once that's done, that'll be ready to mix and master, and then we can quickly get out. So hopefully, hopefully I think the EP should be out maybe sometime in the summer. You know, it was meant to, it was meant to be out already, but, you know, better late, better late than never, and uh, no one will be disappointed. Sweet. I know. Uh, well, we're going to be waiting, and I'm going to close out with one of your other songs that I was listening to today. Okay. Come to the other side. Anything you want to say to the people before I go? Because this is this yeah, is the moment. Buy, buy, buy the music. Go on our website. Buy the music. Buy the merchandise. Follow us on the internet. We're there with all smiles. All right. That sounds good. Okay. Well, this is Madam Perry. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for – I know you're going to be checking out the website and social media from our friends Joe Symes and The Loving Kind, and we're going to close with their song, Fools Talking. Uh, everybody, be good to yourself. Be good to each other, and let's just keep going. <laughs>